Welcome to the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast, the podcast that helps you find solutions for your weight concerns that will last a lifetime. You've got this. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss for physicians. I am not providing medical advice and listening to this podcast does not create a physician-patient relationship. This podcast does not replace the need for consultation with a licensed professional and no information should be relied upon unless you have obtained specific advice or treatment from myself or another physician. Please review the terms and conditions located at www.weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca before continuing. Hello and welcome to episode 157 of the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Siobhan Key. Thank you so much for joining me. Okay, I have a super important episode for you today. It's one that I really actually feel compelled to speak about because of conversations I've been having with other people, other physicians that I coach, patients in my obesity medicine group. And I feel like this is a topic we need to talk more about, which is why I'm recording this episode for you. We are talking about weight-related shame. Now, I know for some people, that topic may want you to pull away because shame is a very uncomfortable emotion. You may be tempted to skip this episode. Please stay. Please listen to this episode. If you're tempted to pull away from this episode, because it feels uncomfortable, it probably means you need it. You need to hear what I have to say. Within weight-related shame, there is so much suffering that happens. And we can start to relieve some of that suffering just within this episode. And then your days get better. This is such an important topic. So hang around, make sure you listen to the whole episode. I also just wanted to remind you that if you find getting yourself back on track, if you're always finding, okay, now I have to get myself back on my diet or get myself eating healthy again, if you're thinking things like that frequently, I can help you. I have a workshop for you. I'm offering the back on track workshop starting on November 14th and the second session is November 21st. This is a live workshop where we're going to work interactively together to teach you the most efficient way of getting yourself back on track. Getting back on track is a skill. You may not know that. Often we just hope we never get off track when we're trying to lose weight and we just hope or assume we should never get off track maybe is even a better way to say it. And yet it happens. So guess what? It is going to happen. (laughs) If you lose weight and you're trying to maintain it, you're going to get off track at times. Old habits are going to come back at times. That is not failure. That is normal. That is being a human. And what it takes to get yourself back on track to maintain your weight loss or to continue towards your weight loss goals is the skill of getting yourself back on track in the simplest and most efficient way possible. And that is what I'm teaching in this workshop. I would love to have all of you there. Head over to weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca forward slash workshop. This skill honestly can transform your weight loss journey. I know when I realized that this was a skill I had to learn, and when I started actually practicing it, that changed my weight loss journey. That's when I really started to get traction. And honestly, that's when I stopped worrying about the weight coming back. Because I realized at any time I get off track, I've got the skills to get myself back there. And if the skills that have worked in the past don't work, I've got like an outline of how I would problem solve that. 
And that's what I want to teach you in this session. And that's why I created this workshop and why this is a skill that I'm so passionate about speaking about. So come join me, weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca forward slash workshop. We'll see you there. That's November 14th and 21st. Okay, let's talk about weight and shame. Now, like I said at the beginning, shame is one of those emotions that we will do everything to avoid. It is so uncomfortable that we don't want to think about it. We will actively avoid shame quite significantly. In my coaching session last night that I had with the physicians in my stress eating SOS group, we were talking about this and this is what came up for people is for some people, the idea of feeling shame and working through and dealing with shame was so big that it made them want to run away. And other people said they hadn't even noticed that this shame was here until we started to talk about it and they started to have a very emotional response to what we were talking about. So I want you to know no matter where you're at, this is a safe space. What we're talking about is going to be very positive, very compassionate forward approach to managing this. And just because we don't talk about weight-related shame doesn't mean it's not there. It doesn't mean it's not influencing your days. Honestly, I think if you carry this with you, this influences probably most minutes of most days in some way or another. And so that's where I want to start the conversation. Now, I did the episode a couple of weeks ago about burnout and depression and my own recent journey through burnout. And I heard from so many of you guys listening to this podcast about how much you appreciated that episode and how much it resonated with you. And thank you for everybody that reached out and sent me emails and comments. I appreciate all of them. And I think that's partly why I feel called to do this episode. Because just like burnout and mood disorders in physicians don't get talked about enough, I think the shame related to weight or eating does not get talked about enough. And how do we release the shame as a society? We have to talk about it more. We have to make it a conversation so it's not hidden. The problem is, is shame likes to be hidden, right? Anything that you feel shamed of, it means you want to cover it up. It means those are not the things you want to start talking about. And yet, the more you hide the things that you're feeling shame around, the more you try to keep them to yourself, the bigger the shame gets and the more it essentially holds you hostage. So the solution is we talk more about it. We open it up. We make these conversations no longer taboo. We make them simple. We normalize the experience, which is what I'm hoping you'll find from this episode. And this is why in my Stress Eating SOS group, why I do it as a group coaching session or a group coaching program. Because I know for a lot of you that have considered joining, one of the barriers for you to join is you're worried about talking about your weight stuff in a group. You wish that it could just be one-on-one. And I get it. That's this shame talking where it feels like it's not safe to talk about it in a group. But what I know after years of doing this coaching work, that's why we have to talk about it in a group. Because as long as we're treating it like something that should be hidden, that shame stays intact. We have to open it up. We have to talk about it in safe spaces with people who understand to start releasing the shame. And that's why I transitioned to doing 
group programs because I think it's so incredibly powerful in that way. If you can get over that worry, if you can trust yourself or trust me in the program that it is a safe place and you can come and just start listening to the shared experience that we all share regarding eating a weight, that's when the shame starts to get released a little bit. But it's a multi-layered little thing. (laughs) It really is. We have been taught, like the question is, like, where does this shame come from? Well, it's internalized from so many different sources of messaging that we've been exposed to from a very young age. And so as you do this work, I wouldn't expect it to be where you just flip a switch and you no longer feel any shame related to weight or eating. I suspect it's going to come to you in layers where you'll kind of scratch the surface, pull some layers off, and then you'll be like, oh, there it is again doesn't mean you're doing it wrong. It just means that this is the nature of some of these deep-seated belief systems and emotional sort of triggering beliefs and thoughts that they take some time to work on. And even when you feel like you've got it pretty handled, it may still come back at times. And the big thing is if that happens, it's just, that's a normal brain behavior. It's normal to go back to old habits, old thought loops, and you just have to correct it each time it does. Now, if you've sitting there and you're just feeling like when you think about your weight or when you think about your eating, you just feel like there's something wrong with you at your core that you haven't figured it out and that you're still struggling with it, that is a sort of the core belief that leads to this weight-related shame, that there's something wrong with weight, with body size, with body shape, with eating habits, and that leads to shame. And I want to share with you a story of my experience with this. So before I found all this coaching, before I was starting to do obesity medicine, I was actively trying to lose weight for probably years. Well, really, if I span out my life, like a good portion of my adulthood, because I remember the first time I went to Weight Watchers was when I was in second year university. And then I worked on it on and off. So most of my adulthood, I was trying to lose weight, but definitely... Like after the kids, I think I was more worried about my health related to my weight. And so it was more of a frequent thing I was thinking about. But it was also coupled with a lot of shame. I had shame about my size. You know, I'm large in that I am tall. I'm six feet tall. I am structurally large. And then when I was carrying extra weight, like I was bigger than anybody around me. My friends are all a lot smaller and when I saw pictures of me and a group of friends, what my brain would focus on is how much bigger I was than everybody. And I would feel so ashamed of it. I felt ashamed of myself as a physician because I knew the health consequences that were coming. I knew type 2 diabetes was coming like soon. At my worst, meaning my highest weight and kind of my least healthy eating, I knew, and I was actually worried if I'd gotten tested, I may have crossed that line and classic physician. I just, of course, didn't get tested because I didn't want the label. I knew that that was coming for me, yet I couldn't seem to change my eating. I was still going through the drive-thru. I was still eating takeout stuff that I knew wasn't healthy. I knew was contributing to that risk. And I felt ashamed of that as a physician. I worried if other people saw me eat, they would judge what I was eating because of my size and they would judge that it wasn't the right things I should be eating. So many different layers to this. I could keep, honestly, I could probably keep going on and on. And I know that you listening, you have similar. 
you've been there, maybe not in exactly the ones I'm describing, but I bet you have other ones like that. And so it's this multi-layer of shame. The problem with it is that when you try to make change from a belief that you're wrong, something's wrong, or you're broken, or in the place you are, and you're trying to make change to make yourself better, and you're acting from a place of shame, the actions you often take don't feel nice. And when the actions you're taking don't feel nice, it's hard for them to be sustainable. So back then, I would try desperately with willpower to not eat those foods while not doing anything else out of kindness for myself because it was all about just trying to lose some weight. And it didn't work. It didn't last. I would do spurts and stops and I worried I would never be able to lose weight. I worried I would never be able to get below certain weight. All the things that I know you also have worried about. It takes releasing the shame so that we can then take action from a kinder, more compassionate place to reach our goals. And I would argue if you're on your weight loss journey and when you ask yourself your why, and if you're really honest with yourself, if your why is because you think you're not worthy right now, like you're not good enough right now because of your size or your weight or your eating habits, then I would suggest that that's a really good place to do some work, to be kind with yourself and try to change the narrative in your mind to, and we're going to talk more about that in this episode, to finding the place where you are actually worthy and moving forward in a way that's kind for yourself, reasons for moving forward that care for you and create a better life for you, rather than assuming the only thing that's going to make your life better or make you better is what the scale number says. Because that's faulty thinking. What ends up happening when we hold this and we make changes from a place of shame and belief that we're not worthy enough right now, what will happen is you'll get to your goal and you still won't feel like you're enough. That piece of your brain will just turn and judge something else. It will judge maybe that goal isn't enough now, or maybe it'll judge something else, like some other aspect of your body or shape or things like that. We have to work on the thoughts first because the thoughts don't change with the scale number. They will briefly, right? Like if you step on the scale and suddenly you've lost a bunch of weight, often there's positive thoughts that feel nice. But long-term, if we don't address these deeply seated thought patterns that give us these emotions like shame, they stay around. They show up no matter what size, what weight you are, and they wreak havoc then too. So let's deal with it now. Let's let go of this. As a community, let's work towards letting go of this to release that suffering that it's causing. The other piece of the story that I was going to tell you to continue on is, and just as an example of it doesn't fully go away, but you can learn to manage it, is this summer, as I've talked about in the last couple podcasts, I did regain some weight. I've been maintaining a weight loss of 55 pounds for quite a few years now. And I regained about 10 pounds when I was really struggling with my mood and feeling totally burnt out. And guess what? Good old shame came back. And it had new versions to tell me <laughs> about my weight or my eating. And it's something that I don't buy into it in the same way that I would have. But I do have to be aware of and I have to notice when it's coming up and manage it in the ways that I'm going to teach you in this podcast episode. Okay, so like we said, weight shame comes from sources outside of us. So it feels like it's an internal thing. 
it feels like it's a truth your brain is telling you about yourself, that it's decisions you've made. The reality is, though, it's not. This weight-related shame is things we have picked up throughout our life from other people and sources outside of us like media and movies, TVs, magazines, conversations. That's where this weight-related shame comes from. It's not our voice. It's turned into our voice, but it's based on things that we've experienced outside of us. And I think that is really helpful to know because you can decide, are you okay with that? Or do you want to start deciding what and owning the voice that's in your head and deciding what it says to you day in and day out? And like I said, really the core of weight shame is this belief that there's something to do with your inherent worthiness that changes with your weight or your size or your eating habits. But here's the thing, no matter what size you are, no matter what weight you are, no matter what you are eating, you are still you. You always will be you. Weight, size, eating habits, do not change that. There are external like physical attributes in that physically you may change, but it doesn't change you and it doesn't change your core worthiness. But we've been taught that it does. And this is a really important point is we have been taught that our worthiness is tied to our body, our size, what we eat. And this is the belief that we need to work on unraveling for ourselves is decide, do we want our worthiness tied to that? And I see this frequently with the physicians that I coach is I coach amazing women physicians who do amazing things and help so many people in their lives. And in an average day, they're so smart and they help so many people. And yet, because of their size or their weight, they feel this sense of not being worthy in some way not being as worthy as maybe a physician who doesn't struggle with weight. And I get it because I've been there, but I think it's such an incredible shame and it's such an incredible loss of mental and emotional resources (laughs) because they're getting put towards this shame when it's false thinking that makes us think that our size, weight, or eating habits change anything to do with how worthy we are as an individual or as a physician as a parent, as a partner, has nothing to do with those things. Our worthiness is us and that never changes no matter what changes to us physically or with our behaviors. And so I wanted to give you an example because I was thinking, okay, how can I demonstrate this? Because I know (laughs) this concept is going to be hard for some of you. I know that you might be listening to this and thinking, okay, yeah, that's good enough for her. But me, I'm like special snowflake and I really deserve to be ashamed of this particular body part or this particular scale number or that particular eating that I did. I know that some of you listening to this are going to be saying that to yourself. So I wanted to come up with a good analogy. So picture this, especially if you do primary care or pediatrics, picture the chubby infant that you see in your office. I This week I saw a decent number of well baby checks, saw some fantastically like chubby looking babies. Do we look at the chubby baby versus the thinner baby and say that chubby baby is less worthy of love or might not do the same things in their life as the thinner baby? Not at all. Do we ever look at babies and think that there's something unworthy about them? Never. Like a baby inherently is this 
individual with full of possibility, no matter what's going on with them. They're an individual full of excitement and possibility, and their physical attributes don't really matter. If they're chubby, we like it. If they're skinny, we, we like it. If they got a lot of hair, it's cute. If they're bald, it's cute. It's all good when you're a baby, right? So what questions I want you to ask yourself is if all babies are inherently worthy and no matter what their physical attributes are, they're cute and we love them for it. We pinch their little rolls and say, oh, it's so cute. Look at your chubby cheeks, all that stuff. So if we can all buy into that, ask yourself, at what point in life does that baby cross the line where their weight starts to change their worthiness? Ask yourself that question. At what point in life, what is the age where all of a sudden underneath it, their weight has nothing to do with their worthiness? And when they cross the line, starts to make a difference. Ask yourself that. Is it when they're no longer a toddler? Is it when they're prepubescent? Is it when they're a teenager? It's an arbitrary line. Now, if you come up with one, if you have one, ask yourself, where does that come from? Who decided? And the voice in your head that's saying, oh, it's at this point, ask yourself, like, whose voice is that? Where did that belief come from? And look at it really logically and go, okay, if your brain's offering, well, it's probably around this time. Why that time? If it's like a person is a year younger than that, why is it not impacting their worthiness then than a child that's maybe a year older or a person that's a year older? And I'm asking this because I think we really need to examine the flaws in these beliefs and see that they don't really make sense. Like that chubby baby that's super cute as a baby, there is no point that they're going to cross a line where all of a sudden they have decreased worthiness because of their size. There's no arbitrary line in the sand. And yet when we're applying this to ourselves, we believe there is. And it might be worthwhile to ask yourself, when did you start to believe it? And I talked to a lot of people about their weight experiences when they're young. And so some people maybe would say they started to believe there's something wrong with their weight at like age six when they're early elementary school and felt they didn't fit in. And But noticing when you started to notice and feel like your weight somehow made you different and may have impacted your worthiness. When did the weight-related shame start to show up for you and why? What messaging were you getting at the time from external sources that made you believe that about yourself? I think that could be very powerful things to think about. Now, flipping that question slightly, first we were talking about at what point in life does weight change worthiness? My other question for you that I want you to think about is at what size or weight is worthiness changed? We, as babies, are inherently worthy even as probably children, most people would view children as inherently worthy. It's not much a child can do that would make us think that somehow their worthiness has changed. What size or weight does that change in your mind? At what point on the scale or in the clothes would it be like, this is now where your size or your weight impacts worthiness? And again, if you come up with an answer, ask yourself, where does that answer come from? What messaging have you received? that makes you think that's the line in the sand? And is it useful? Is it based on anything that's useful? Now, maybe because I know we're a lot of you are physicians, you might be thinking, okay, it's a BMI related thing. Like maybe when you cross a certain line in the BMI. However, what I would argue is, A, BMI stuff is pretty arbitrary. It's not necessarily health outcome related. 
And it for sure as heck isn't worthiness related. It's arbitrary numbers that we've been taught in medicine as a one measurement technique when we're dealing with a medical condition of obesity, but it was never meant to measure worthiness, nor was the scale. The scale measures your gravitational pull on earth. It does not measure your worth. There is nothing that can measure your worth. So think of those questions and I pose them to you. Like I said, not that I expect you to have an answer, but I want it to be as an exercise of looking at how faulty the belief that weight, size, eating habits has anything to do with personal worth. Because if we can let go of that, if we can be whatever size we are, whatever weight we are, and still feel worthy, recognize that that does not impact our worth, that is where we start letting go of the shame. And then we can make changes to that. And I think that's really important. And I think I was going to talk about this later in the episode, but I think this is a place where a lot of you might resist letting go of this shame is the thought that if I stop feeling ashamed of this, if I believe I'm worthy right now, then I'm just going to stay here and I won't ever change. And I don't think that's true at all. I think you can believe you're worthy and still want more for yourself, but it changes the conversation and it changes the intentions of the changes you are making and makes them way more positive, makes it so they actually make your life better, not worse makes it so the changes you're doing help you grow as an individual instead of feel like you're stuck in this shame bubble that keeps you isolated and never lets you feel like you're enough. And so let's talk about the impact of weight-related shame because I think if I'm suggesting to you, essentially my hypothesis in this podcast episode is your life's going to be better if you let go of your weight-related shame. I think we have to look at what impact it is having on you. So think of the impact of shame related to your weight, your size, your eating in a day-by-day basis. Like as you go through the average day, where are the places this shows up for you and what impacts does it have on you? Now, I know some people, and maybe you are like this, this is something they carry through every minute of every day. It's like they're towing a trailer full of bricks. It's this extra weight that they carry as they go through their day. And if that's you, it's profound. Picture if you were to let go of that, if you just didn't have to carry that weight, if you didn't have to pull that wagon full of bricks, what would that be like? How would that change your days? Think about the different areas of your life and work, where this shows up. A common thing I hear from a lot of physicians is that it impacts their ability to talk to patients about patients' weight or to feel confident in their ability to help patients with weight-related matters. And so ask yourself, do you hesitate when you're having the conversation or initiating that type of conversation because you worry what the patient will think about your own weight? Does it make you hesitate to talk about things you're struggling with because you feel it shouldn't be something you struggle with? And then think about relationships. Does it impact your relationship with your kids, how you talk and relate to your kids? By the way, next week we have a a really good episode coming up of like how to talk to and work with your kids if you're concerned about their weight or worried your weight or eating might impact them. Really good interview coming up next week about that. But does this weight-related shame impact your more personal relationships with your partners? Does it change how you're likely to put yourself out there? Like, are there activities that you do less of because you're holding on to this weight-related shame? Classic one would be, getting into a swimsuit and enjoying swimming opportunities, right? 
but maybe there's other activities. For some people, it's like there's a lot of social activities that they avoid because of this shame thing, because they feel they are going to be judged or they worry other people are going to be looking at them. And again, that all comes back to that belief that there's something wrong because of weight. Are there things that you do more of because of the weight-related shame? Sometimes that's people-pleasing, right? Like again, if you're walking through your days feeling like there's something wrong with you because of your weight, your size, or your eating habits, you may find yourself people-pleasing to try to compensate for that. You keep doing things to try to keep people happy because you believe there's something wrong with you. And that leads to a whole bunch of other stuff like burnout and not having time for self-care and all that sort of stuff. What other things do you do more of because of this, because you're holding this shame? Think through and think what you can see and what you can notice. And again, we're always doing this with a compassionate lens. This is not about blaming yourself for feeling shame. This is about getting really curious and interested about like, how is this impacting me? So that you then can make the decision of, do you want to hold on to it? Do you want to continue it? So how do you address this? If you've come this far and you're thinking, okay, yeah, I don't think this helps me. I think I want to work on it. I want to start letting go of some of the shame. Life would be better if I let go of some of the shame. If you're thinking that, then let's talk about kind of some steps. So number one, I think really recognizing where you're in control and what things you can't control. And in particular, in our society, the reality is we do live in a weight-biased society. So the things you are not going to be able to control are things like the messaging that you get exposed to. You can control it to a certain extent by choosing what things you watch or listen to. But in our society, in North America, there is going to be some weight-biased influences coming into your life at some point. What you can control in that is, do you believe it? Do you buy into it? Or do you choose to actively reject it? Do you keep silent about it because you worry about yourself or do you choose to speak about it more and say, that's kind of biased? Weight-related bias is the last frontier of acceptable discrimination. I think, obviously, we are not perfect in our society at all about discrimination, about race or gender or sexual preferences, all those things but at least they are getting talked about a little more. White-related bias is not really talked about and it still is quite acceptable. Like if you pay attention in movies and books and TV shows, how they portray characters with extra weight, it's quite a biased portrayal. And so noticing that and deciding to talk about it a bit, to start making this a conversation we have. So it's not something that you have to internalize but it's something you can reject and discuss with other people. So maybe other people aren't internalizing it in the same way. The biggest thing about what's in your control is how you choose to think about yourself. Now that might not feel like it's in your control right now because you've had a lot of years of maybe thinking just automatic thoughts about yourself and your weight. Today you can change that. You can start deciding to take back control and change the conversation you have with yourself in your head about your own weight, about your own size, about your own eating habits, and decide to intentionally work on modifying this is a big place that you can have control. Again, it doesn't mean you do it perfectly because none of us are perfect and your brain's had a lot of practice thinking these thoughts, 
but it means that you take back control about working on it. The second one is awareness and empowerment. So the second step is just building awareness, noticing where this pops up and believing that you don't have to actually keep believing it, that it doesn't always have to feel this way. It doesn't have to stay as just a given that you're going to be feeling ashamed of your body or your weight your whole life. You can decide that you're going to become aware, notice all the different places it shows up. Because once you start looking for this, you'll notice it in a lot of different places and feel empowered to work on changing it and letting it go. And then the third step is what I call purposeful detachment. So this really isn't about, I can never think bad thoughts about myself again, because that's not realistic. This is more about I'm noticing the thought and I'm choosing to purposefully detach from it and just let it go. I don't have to hang on to it and believe that it's true. I can think that it's just a thought. It's one possible thought in the situation and I can choose to detach and consider thinking a different thought. It's not about blocking your thoughts and be like, oh, I can't think that. I should never be thinking that because again, that feels uncomfortable. It's more about when these thoughts crop up going, oh, interesting, there's another one. Interesting where that showed up. Okay, I'll let that one go. I'm not going to buy into it. I'm not going to keep thinking it or believe it's true just because it happened to come up. All right, those steps are focus on what's in your control more than what's not in your control. Find the places that are in your control. Step number two, build awareness of these thoughts and the places this shows up for you and empower yourself to create change internally, right? Nothing else has to change outside of you. This is changing how you are viewing yourself in the world, regardless of your size, weight, or your eating habits. And then number three, purposeful detachment. So the thoughts probably will still come. Doesn't mean you have to buy them. You can just let them float past. And then at the core of this, it really is about believing that you are worthy right now. And you are worthy of releasing this shame. I'm going to say it again because I know that it's hard. And I know you may be thinking you're a special snowflake that for some reason is not worthy. But I'm going to say it again. This applies to you too. (laughs) You are worthy right now. Exactly how you are right now. You're worthy. You are worthy of releasing this shame. And the other core piece is believing that there are no risks to you to releasing this shame. That comes back a little bit. What I was talking about is this thought of like, if I let go of the shame, then I'm just not going to create any change in my life. That's not true. I've seen that over and over again. Releasing shame creates the opportunity for you to create amazing things in your life. Things you may not even have dreamt of yet. The first step is releasing the shame. Only good comes from letting go of the shame. This shame, I can tell you, is playing no positive roles in your life. Even if you think it keeps you on track or anything like that, it is not what's keeping you on track. The shame is not doing that for you. You might be keeping yourself on track, but you could do it without the shame and it's going to feel way, way better. All right. I know that that was a really deep topic. I hope that this was really helpful for some of you. Send me any of your thoughts, info at weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca. Love to hear from you. Love to hear what your thoughts on this particular episode would be. And remember to check out the Back on Track workshop. It's a great opportunity for you to work with me in a live, interactive environment. 
without having like a big commitment or anything. You can just come to the workshop, build this particular skill set, which I promise will serve you so much in whatever weight loss journey you are on. And check it out at weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca forward slash workshop. Thank you so much for joining me today, guys. We will talk to you later. Have a fantastic week. Bye-bye.